You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. Come back and see you like, Lord, I can't wait for him to be done with this. Nehemiah, the sixth chapter um, and beginning at verse one. And it says, when Sanballat, Tobiah, uh, Geshem, the Arab, uh, Arab, uh, and the rest of the enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no more spaces, uh, no more bricks in it, even though I hadn't yet installed the gates. Sanballat and Geshem uh, sent this message, come and meet with us at Kerem in the valley of Ono. I knew they were scheming to hurt me. So I sent messengers back with this. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Someone say, I can't come down. Why should the work come to a standstill just so I can come down to see you? Four times they sent this message and four times I gave them the same answer. The fifth time, same messenger, same message. Sambalat sent an unsealed letter with this message. The word is out among the nations and Geshem says, it's true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. That's why you are rebuilding the wall. The word is that you want to be king and that you have appointed prophets to announce in Jerusalem that there's a king in Judah. The king is going to be told all this. Don't you think we should sit down and have a talk? Verse eight says, I sent him back this. This reply, there's nothing to what you're saying. You've made it all up. They were trying to intimidate us into quitting. They thought they'll give up. They'll never finish. So I prayed, give me strength. I want to talk from the topic today. Give me strength. I want you to just lean over to a few people and say, I need strength. Father, stand in my body. Think with my mind. In Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Give me strength. Holler out someone uh, one more time. Someone holler out in the room. I need strength. Yeah. I need strength. We've been in this uh, book for um, a few weeks now and uh, probably longer than others may have wanted us to be in it. But um, we've been in it because I feel that there are lessons that we can extrapolate from it as we move through this uh, new uh, this new year of 2022 and what I believe God is speaking to all of us. Uh, when someone asks the greeting and says, how are you? Um, I want to be honest and say that I'm not always exactly sure how to answer it. Um, I mean, it's often a gesture of courtesy and that's extended to people that we run into and sometimes it's uh, something that we say to friends and family that we see often. But the greeting, how are you, oftentimes opens the door for me to really tell you how it's been going or how to respond with the usual response of the same question in return. So usually it ends up being two people that walk past each other, interacting with the same question to one another and no one answers it. So usually it goes like, how are you? And we say, how are you? And we walk away. Or someone say, what's up? And I say, what's up? And we walk away and no one really answers it. Or maybe you're on the other side that you do answer the question, but when you answer the question, it's so surface because you know that the person asking you the question really is only asking you because it's a passing phrase to really get to what they really want to talk about. So a lot of times when they say, how are you, it's not that they really want to know the answer to it. It's just a pleasantry that is used to gain access to have another conversation. I don't know if you've ever been handled like that where someone says, what's up or how are you? And they don't really want to know. And because you know that they want, don't want to know, you just give them a surface answer or a surface response. And there are so many people right now that are really afraid to tell you how they're doing. 
And there are a lot of people in this room right now that if we were really to pass the microphone around and find out how people are doing, we wouldn't have the time and enough tissues to pass with all the different stories and all the different storms that people are going through. Because to tell you how it's really going would mean for me to unload weeks, maybe years of pressure that's been built up around my life years of living or trying to live or trying to hold it all together while raising a family, working a job, living through a pandemic that just won't seem to quit, family sickness, loved ones dying, tired of hearing about death, tired of hearing about somebody else dying, tired of seeing someone go through around you, being quarantined, being cleared from not being quarantined, then having to be in quarantine again because you got around somebody who came back before it was time for them to come back, and now you've been exposed and didn't plan to be exposed, and now you got to go back away from your family, and now you've got to be at home by yourself, with yourself, with your emotions, talking to yourself, tired of watching Netflix, tired of watching series, tired of watching Hulu, tired of sitting there with somebody sliding a little thing to you to your door like it's on color purple waiting to see what color the wall's going to be and you've been sitting there in your house tired of dealing with yourself, tired of hearing about any new variations and variants and things that are coming on, turning off the news because you don't want to hear any more news, trying to turn off the notifications on your phone because they keep popping up, trying to put your phone on airplane mode so that nobody will call you because do not disturb seemed like it didn't work because they could call you back and ask you if something was wrong with the first time they called you and you really want to tell them that I really put it on do not disturb so you wouldn't call me in the first place is there anybody who's dealt with things like that where it feels like you're trying to pray and then you're trying to remember to pray and then you're asking Lord do you hear me praying and then you're calling out saying Lord am I the only one praying and it seems like the list goes on and on and on For those of you who are sharing the parenting schedule you're trying to remember who gets the kids this week and I don't remember what the schedule is and sometimes you want to forget that you have children and you want to forget and sometimes you want to remind them that your name is not uber and you are not getting paid for the parenting services that you are offering to your children is there anybody under the sound of my voice who if you really if someone really asked you what was going on you would say it's a lot it's a lot of stuff that's going on but because i know you don't want to really hear it i say what's good it's good What's up with you? Because I know you really can't handle if I tell you what's really going on with me. So to say that there's been a lot going on, what it means is that there's more I really want to say, but I know you can't handle it. And I know that you really don't want to know it because there's so much happening with domestic violence that is cases that are soaring and there are people that are succumbing to the pressures of life and there are so many people that are committing suicide right now just because they don't want to deal with life. And I want to tell you, for those of you who smile all the time, you do know that you can smile and be depressed. That you can hug somebody and tell everything is good, but be inwardly going through a battle and going through a war. And there's so many people right now that they really want to say life is life. And, <laughs> and many of us are trying to figure out how can I really accomplish what God has assigned me to do when I'm under so much pressure. And is there anybody in the room who could really put down your mask for a second? I'm not talking about the mask that Dr. Fauci told you to put on. I'm talking about the mask you were wearing before the CDC had regulations. I'm talking about that mask that you've been living with for 25 years, 30 years, 40 years, 55 years, where nobody knows the real you, though they know the mask you. But if you could take off that fake mask for a second, the church mask, the, the demonic mask, the all the different things, that, that creepy mask that nobody knows about, not the Halloween the, uh, October 31st mask, but I'm talking about the mask every day that you tell everybody everything is fine and it's really not. But if you would really tell the truth for just 10 seconds and say it's really a lot of pressure in my life right now it's a lot going on and it's so funny how we can say praise the Lord and not tell people I'm really struggling we can say hallelujah Lord I thank you Lord I praise you we can talk about everything else but we can't tell the truth and say how we're really feeling and what's really going on I want you to look at somebody and say it's really a whole lot going on just tell somebody it's really a whole lot and a whole lot doesn't mean that I'm not dealing with it well. It just means I'm dealing with a whole lot. 
And while many of us are upset because of the things that have happened or the things that are still happening, there are many of us right now who are in this room that are watching right now that are saying, Lord, it is a lot. And yes, there are a lot of different things going on, but my prayer is not, Lord, take it away. What I am asking is, Lord, give me strength to deal with it. What I'm saying is not, Lord, take me away, take that away. I'm saying, Lord, I just need strength to handle it. We used to sing the song a long time ago in the old church. They would say, Lord, don't move my mountain. Just give me the strength to climb. I want somebody to holler right now. I just need strength to climb it. I just need, I need strength to climb it. And for the last few weeks, with the exception of last week, uh, we've been walking through the book of Nehemiah and his journey towards rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And in this rebuilding, we've learned about his call to work. Uh, we've learned about his commitment to the work, and we've learned about his collaboration that he developed with other people who were committed to his assignment or to the assignment as well. And during that journey, we've talked about, and I can't go back to all those different messages. You can go back there on YouTube or, or podcast. You can listen to them. Um, and then there's in your message notes for those of you who are uh, following on your message notes as well. But we find out that he met all different types of oppositions along the way. Uh, but he continued to work. He was opposed. He was going through. He was attacked. But he didn't stop. Tobiah and Geshem and Arab and others joined alongside to block the work, tried to stop the work, but he kept working. Now, I want to encourage some of you who are in the midst of things that are, are trying to attack you. The enemy is after what you are doing. He's not concerned about your finances. He's not concerned about your children. He's concerned about causing you to stop working. That's what he's after. Instead of you saying the enemy's in my finances, he don't care nothing about your money. He wants you to stop believing, to stop hoping, to stop working, and to stop trusting. Because as long as you're rebuilding, as long as you're building, as long as you're repairing, there will always be opposition to what you're doing. Somebody say it's always going to be there. No matter as long as you're moving forward, as long as you're trying to make a change, as long as you're trying to shift something for better in your life, you will always be fought. And I'm not trying to glorify the enemy. I just want you to know that uh, the strategic plan of the enemy, because if you don't know what you're fighting, you will lose every time. If you don't know the plan, if you don't study, there's a book called The Art of War. If you don't study the strategies and the, the plans of the enemy, then what will happen is you will lose every battle and every January will seem like Groundhog's Day where it seems like you're waking up with the same stuff over and over again. But I want you to win and I want you to look at someone and say, I want you to win. I want everybody to win. I don't want you crying over the same stuff anymore. It doesn't mean that you won't have tears to shed again, but you don't have to cry over the same stuff again. So in this text, uh, before the chapter starts, we'll notice that the enemies uh, of the work only seem to be interested in attacking them while they were working on it. They only seem to be interested in attacking them while they were still in process, while they were still working. It wasn't complete. The finished work wasn't done. But while they were still in process, the attack came. And I want to tell some of you right now, if you will be honest, it's not that you're through working. It's not that you have completed your assignment. But while you're still working and still in progress, it seems like the attack has intensified right now. Is there anybody who can identify with this message so I can make sure I'm not just preaching to myself right now? That while I'm in process, it seems like, it, matter of fact, while I was not wanting to change, I had no attack. But as soon as I committed to change, and as soon as I committed to make a different direction in my life, it seemed like the enemy started to increase the plan. It seemed like in complete to increase the attack. It is the in-between seasons of life that will have you the most vulnerable. And I'm called to preach to people right now who you're in a vulnerable season. That you're not where you're going to be, but you're not where you were. And you're in that in-between season that is wide open where you're vulnerable, where it could go any way. It could go any direction where you just got out of the relationship. And if you make a decision right now, the next person won't be the best decision. This next person will be the temporary decision. 
Because if you're not careful, anytime you make a decision when you're vulnerable, it's an emotional decision and not an intelligent decision. And there are some people who are making emotional decisions because you're vulnerable, which means because I'm not where I was and I'm not where I want to be, what happens is I'm in the valley of either going back or staying until I move forward. And some people don't have the tenacity to stand still in the in-between season. So instead of fighting while I'm in the in-between season, I would rather go back because going backward is easier than standing still and fighting until I change. And there are a lot of people, am I helping anybody right now? There are a lot of people right now that if you were, tru if you were truthfully honest, backward looks better than forward. Where I was seems to look better than where I'm going because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it is the evidence of things not seen, which means I know I am to change, but I don't know what change looks like. But I do know what bondage looks like. I do know what abuse looks like. I do know what manipulation looks back like. I do know what tradition looks like. Uh, come here, Bible. It says that when they were in the wilderness, it says that they even said to Moses, you brought us out here to die. Because they were in between deliverance and promise. And there are some of you right now that are just a few steps between promise and deliverance. If I take a few steps back, I'll be back where I was. If I take a few steps forward, I might be where I could be. But if I don't endure the process, I'm going to make a step either backwards or I'm going to make a step forward. And I don't want to make a step without God. Somebody say, I don't want to make a step without him. It's the in-between season that I'm in right now. It's the I'm not quite there season. It's a season where the enemy wants to distract me the most. It's the, I'm almost there. I'm not quite finished. I'm still working on this. And because I'm still working on it, uh, I have to really guard myself more. Because when people see your work in progress, they try to come and creep in. I'm not sure if there's anybody in this room who's ever gone into the kitchen of somebody cooking. And go into the kitchen of someone cooking and they're not finished with their dinner. They're not finished with the meal. And you go in there and you try to disturb the person cooking. And they tell you, I'm not finished yet. But your impatience causes you to be more hungry. Why is it that you get hungry when people are cooking? And the more you smell the aroma of the food, the more hungry you get. So you keep going in the kitchen and you keep trying to figure out, are they finished yet? And they keep saying, you're, you're impatient. I'm not finished yet. Sit down, talk to me or do something else. And depending on who you're cooking, who, who you're kin to, if you come in that kitchen too many times, you might hear something that has no biblical reference. And the irritation that the cook has and the reason that they get irritated is because what they want to say is, I can work on this if you stop disturbing me. And what's happening right now for those of you who are going through is that the enemy, all he wants to do is stop you from cooking. To stop you from working on it. Because as long as you are distracted, you can be diverted. As long as you are distracted, you can be diverted. What it means is you have to have the ability to be able to cook, keep cooking and to continue to keep working on stuff while the enemy is after you. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody in this church right now who is being disturbed right now and you're only being disturbed because you're working on something. You got a plan. You got something that God has shown you. I declare he told me to preach this word. I preach it. If y'all are quiet like it's a St. Mary's Basilica, I'm going to keep on preaching because there's somebody in this room who you don't want to confess that you're disturbed because you're working on something. I want somebody to holler out I'm working on something. And the only reason that you keep coming to bother me is because you see me working on it. The only reason you're coming to bother me is because you see that I'm changing. And like I told y'all a few weeks ago, and the only thing that I'm disturbed about you is, is that I'm changing, but you ain't. 
There's something that's different about me because I did not like where I was. There's something that's different about me because I don't like how things were going. So I had to start working on something. And if the enemy can keep you distracted, he can keep you diverted and thrown off. But you have to make a declaration in this season that you will not be distracted. Somebody say, I won't be distracted. Instead of confessing that the enemy is attacking you, instead of constantly declaring that it's difficult to do what God has called you to do, instead of you distracted and instead of you confessing how hard it is and all this stuff, you need to make a different confession and to say, I won't be distracted. I won't be diverted. I'm not going to give up. I'm not quitting school. I'm not walking away from my relationship. I'm not walking away from my church. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on worshiping. I'm going to keep on believing. I won't be distracted. I won't walk away this is not the time to throw in the towel this is not the time to walk away this is not the time to give up i will go if i got to go by myself i'm gonna work on this business plan um, if i get rejected the first time it does not mean no it does not mean no forever i might be denied but i will not be delayed i will keep on going somebody say i'm gonna keep on going i'm gonna keep on fasting i'm gonna keep on praying i'm gonna start a business if i am my own customer i'm gonna do what i got to do until I see God move can't be distracted somebody say I can't be distracted it's not the time for me to be distracted I've had other seasons that I can be distracted but not now I've had other seasons that I allowed you to disturb me but this season and this time right now I have realized that I don't have a lot of time left I don't have time so the text says, I'm trying to preach, the text says, Brandon, when Sambalad and Tobiah, I feel my preacher voice come, excuse me, Geshem and the Arab and the rest of the enemies heard that they had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks in it, even though I hadn't yet installed the gates. Hadn't installed the gates, still working on it. But then Sambalad and Geshem sent a message and said, come and meet with us in Karim in the valley of Ono. In the middle of the work, Pastor Guillaume, they wanted to talk. In the middle of repairing, they want to have a meeting. In the middle of the assignment, you want me to stop what I'm doing and come where you are. In the middle, is anybody in the middle right now? Just say, I'm in the middle. Just some, look as someone say, I'm in the middle of something. I'm just in the middle. In the middle of the work, you want me to come to the valley of Ono. There comes a point in your life that you have the courage to say, oh no, <laughs> I'm in the middle of something. It doesn't mean I don't like you, but oh no, I don't have time. It's not that you are not important to me, but oh no, I'm in the middle of something. Somebody say I'm in the middle of something. I, I'm, I'm right at the point of almost and you wanted me to stop. And I'm doing something that you're not doing. But you want me to stop what I'm doing to come where you are where you're doing nothing. Because people who are doing nothing and going nowhere always want you to go with them. Uh, people who have no agenda. People who have no dreams. People who have no visions. People who have no insight always want you to sit there and Netflix and chill with them. But I want you to text and say, oh no, I don't, I don't have time. As a matter of fact, I can't. Matter of fact, I could, but I'm not. I want somebody to holler out, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. I, I just don't have time because I'm in the middle of something. For those who haven't got that type of strength, it's okay. Because Nehemiah wants to help you. It's an area of the, all of us that need strength. I haven't always been there, but all of us need strength. And the first area we need strength is, is to, to be able to stay high when they go low. Verse 2 says, I knew they were scheming to hurt me. That's why I couldn't entertain it. I knew they were scheming to hurt me, so I sent messengers back with this. And I said, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Why should the work come to a standstill just so I can come down to see you? Uh, our former first lady, Michelle Obama, and our forever, forever first lady, in her 2016 Democratic Convention speech, uh, responded to the bullies that were arising and said, when they go low, we go high. And I want to say to many of you all that it's more than a catchphrase or a popular statement. What Nehemiah was saying, I got to hold my position. 
And I'm going to respond to you with the question of why instead of submitting to what you're asking me to do. So Nehemiah responded when they said, I want you to come down. He said, why? Why should I come down when I'm in the middle of something? Why should I step away from my assignment when I know you only really want to distract me from fulfilling my purpose? I don't know who I'm helping right now. I don't know if this is helping anybody. But there are some of you right now who you need to have the encouragement to tell somebody, I see what you're doing. I see that you're only trying to distract me. Maybe you're sitting beside the person right now. That's why you're having a hard time saying anything because you are sitting by your distraction. Sometimes you can be bumping with your distraction. You fill in the blank, whatever that means. Sometimes your distraction is so close to you that you can't see you're distracted. And here it is. He said, why should I step away from my assignment because I'm distracted and allow you to distract me? Now, now, there was a time I didn't value my time. There was a time that I would entertain uh, pointless interactions. But when you realize why God sent you here, and when you realize why you're here, when you realize why you didn't die, why you realize why you're still alive, and when you realize that all the different things that could have happened didn't happen, and when you realize that you're still surviving here, you can have the courage to say you're just a distraction. I want somebody to holler out and say it's just a distraction. Out of all the people, this is my personal story, out of all the people that I used to be surrounded with that were on fire, all the people who had a call, all the people who are on fire for God and wanted to do things for God. And when I look on my life and I look on my circle and I see there are few who survived, few who kept fighting. And I look at my life and I realize that it's not because I did anything so great. It's not because I was so wonderful. It's not because I tithe, and it's not because I gave more, and it's not because I was so special. But when I look at the grace of God that he decided to put on my life, when I think of his mercy, and when I think of his hand, and how he protected things from me, and how I should have been a statistic, and how I should have died, and how I should not have survived certain seasons, and I look on my life, and I realize that it is only the hand of God. Only his hand, only his hand has guided me. I want somebody to lift up your voice and say it's only his hand. It is only his hand. And when I think about those things and I get to this point where I realize that if it had not been for God positioning me here, if it had not been for his grace, if it had not been for his hand, I wouldn't be where I am today. And there's no reason. I mean, there's no, I don't, I can't even look back and look back and see any other success stories like this. I'm not talking about my own. I'm talking about you. Have you looked back and realized you're the only one? Or a few people who decided to keep going with everybody else quit and everybody else stopped? He says, when I think of my life and what he allowed, why should I come down? Why should I entertain you? Why should I give you my time? I want to give you permission for those of you who are dating and having these little apps right now. You should respond and say, why should I give you my time? For you saying I'm pretty, let's, I, I told myself that this morning. What else? When you say I like your curves, I know that's why I wore what I wore. I like them too. I wanted to accentuate them. What else? Somebody tells you I want to take you out to dinner. I want to ask you, are you paying? I don't want you to conveniently disappear when it's time to pay the check, pay the bill. i got some questions for you. Why should I give you my time? And then I want you to respond, I'll wait. I want you to look at somebody right now and say, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm just waiting. Because what happens is if you stay long enough, people will eventually reveal their motive to you. I can't apologize for where I am in my life right now. The text goes on in verse 4. It says, four times they sent me this message because the enemy is relentless. He won't stop. Four times they sent me this message. Someone say four times. I don't want you to think for those of you who feel like you've been attacked, it won't be the last time you've been attacked. 
Four times they sent me this message. And four times I gave them the same answer. When I tell you this thing shouts me, I promise you I buy this own thing for myself. It was for sale, but it's not. He says four times they sent me the message and four times I gave them the same answer. What do I need strength for? The second thing is I need strength to keep that same energy. Some of y'all miss it. Some of you say no for one time. You say no two times. But because the enemy is like Urkel. Those of you who don't know who they are, I'm sorry I aged myself. And wants to see how it can wear you down. And the enemy is relentless. If the enemy can't get Adam, he'll go to Eve. If the enemy can't get you on Monday, he'll try you on Tuesday. If he can't get you on Thursday, he'll try you on Friday. If he can't get you Friday, he'll try you Saturday and bring you in church feeling convicted based on what you succumb to on Saturday. Woo! Jesus, have mercy. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to wear you down. But somebody, how I keep that same energy? What I mean is, if you were about it the first time, be about it the fourth time. Don't stop. Anytime the enemy, when you know what the enemy is, call him on his shots every single time. Experimenters, let me get out of here. Experiment, uh, experiments say, I can't get that word out. Experiments have been shown to say uh, that if you... Uh, want to kill a frog uh, in, in boiling water, you don't just throw the frog in the boiling water. So what they do is they take the frog, put him in neutral water, lukewarm water, and gradually turn up the heat. And eventually the, dog, the, 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 the uh, frog dies based on the graduality of the increase of the heat and that's what the enemy is trying to do he's not trying to throw you in boiling water he's trying to gradually turn up the temptation gradually to turn I know I'm preaching I know I am gradually turn up the distraction y'all can't say nothing because you don't want anybody to know this hitting you I understand I've been pastor long enough I know how this works y'all want to shout I don't want you to shout I want you to know you're being boiled How are you going to shout when the enemy is trying to turn up the heat? Gradually. With one relationship after this. With one text message after this. Eventually to get you to the point that you're wore out. And the premise and what the enemy is out to do is not just throw you into hot situations. Not just to turn up the heat of distraction. Not just to turn up the heat. He just wants to do it over time. Because eventually the enemy thinks that you will eventually change your mind. And if I look at scripture, Brandon, I found out that's what they tried to do with Samson. Uh, Samson didn't want to tell his story. Samson didn't want to tell where his strength was. Y'all talk about Samson because of Delilah. It wasn't Delilah. It was vexation. What is being vexed? It's, it's constantly... Uh, um, uh, Erica, come here for a second. Come here. Come here if you can. I'll show you what vexation is. Y'all clap for Erica while she comes up here. Clap for Erica. If I'm sitting here talking to Erica, and the more I talk to Erica, I just keep pinching her the whole time. Is it bothering you? Yes. Good. I just keep bothering her. Now, Erica's from Louisville. There's a difference in Louisville energy and Lexington energy. <laughs> If I keep on pinching her long enough, I know it's for the purpose of an example right now, but if I keep on pinching her eventually, she will forget that my name is Pastor Mario. And she's going to say, I'm saved, but I throw hands. And what happens is the enemy is constantly trying to find out what is the most tender area he can get you at where you will eventually give him attention. What is the spot that you will eventually turn. What is the spot that you will eventually stop worshiping so that you can start doing other things and be off your post? So the enemy's going to do whatever he can do to get you to the point of vexation where you say, finally, is that's my spot. And some of you have made a mistake by telling people where your spot is. And because you tell people where your spot is, they keep hitting it. And they keep coming at it. 
and keep irritating you until eventually you tell them where your strength is. Thank you. And there are some of y'all right now, right now, that you are weak, not because you needed to be weak. You're weak because you talk too much. You tell people stuff that they can't handle. You give people permission to have access to the area that God told you was his covenant. The area that he, t- is this, dude, I feel like everybody wants to holler right now, ouch, 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 ouch. That's all everybody wants to holler, ouch. Why did I come this Sunday? Because you are tender. Not a nap. But you keep allowing people to have access to areas that God wants you to protect. Somebody say protect your space. Protect your space. Protect your, is this helping anybody? Protect your space. So eventually over time, scripture record that he got vexed. Because she kept pressing him. Kept asking. Samson, tell me where your strength is. Samson, tell me what's going on. He was like, well, if you do this, then I'll be like this. They did that and it didn't work. She says, Samson, you lie to me. No, but if you do this, and he kept doing it. Finally, it says, and when he became vexed, he said, if you cut my hair, because since I was born, Rabbi Shaya, whoosha, ma, he said, since I was born, there was a covenant between me and God. Not that, that every time my hair, my, my strength was in my hair, not just in my life, but it was a covenant that said that this hair represented a promise that my parents made before I was born that I wasn't supposed to be like any other person. And if you take that mark off of me, God won't recognize me because what he stamped me with is gone. And there are some of you right now who you keep trying to hide the covenant that God has made on your life. And you say, I can be like anybody else. But the thing like Samson Samson was, and when he tried to do what he normally did, he couldn't because it was no longer there. Because he shook himself. He, he took off. He, he, he gave them the secret that he wasn't supposed to give. Proverbs 4 chapter verse 23 says, I'm through and I'm going to raise up. I know y'all can't handle much more. He says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the springs of life. When you realize the schemes of the enemy and what he's out to do, you guard your word. You guard your heart. You don't change course. Someone say keep that same energy. If, he blo- if you learn how to block it before, block it again. Verse 5 says, and I'm through here, it says the, first, the fifth time, the same messenger, same message. This was interesting, Brandon. I, wanna, I don't want to stop there. He says the same messenger, the same message. The enemy's not changing the message or the messenger. Same message, same messenger. Sam Ballot sent an unsealed letter with this message. He said the word is out. People are talking. And what they're saying is you really want to be a king. And that's what people are really saying. That's why you're trying to rebuild the wall. He said, we really want to talk about your motives. And he responded. He said, there's really nothing I have to say to you. Everything you're saying is made up. Because when you recognize that what people are saying is really made up, you don't have time to respond. There are some things you don't need to respond to. There are some lies you just have to outlive. They sent an open letter to, to Nehemiah. The open letter, it said, and according to the Eastern culture and Eastern Asia, they didn't send open letters. The letters were supposed to be closed. The letters were supposed to have ribbons on them because you respected the person that you sent and you didn't want anybody else to open that letter. But this letter was open, and when a letter was sent to you open, what that meant was they didn't respect you. What that meant is they thought that you were beneath them. What that means is they didn't think that the letter, uh, the letter, the words were important, but you weren't important. So you don't respect me, but you want my time. You don't like me, but you want to be around me. You don't really, you're not really my friend, but in public you act like it. This is really tight today. CJ, I'm sorry you came on the wrong Sunday. My God. Those of you, there are many of you who are really around people who don't like you. They act like it. They pretend like it. But they save face because they cannot. And this is what I've learned. Pastor Gil, I've learned this over time. There are some people who cannot support you publicly 
because they've talked about you privately. There are some people who can't like your status because to like your status would mean that they actually support you. So they look at it and don't like it. They screenshot it and share it, but they don't like it or comment on it because to comment means they support it, but they can't show support because they secretly talk bad. It's an open letter. Someone says open letter. <laughs> they didn't respect the work enough to send him an official letter. So he said, I don't have time for this because I know how this thing is supposed to go. So he recognized that it was a ploy of the enemy, a plot to get him distracted. He said, I don't have time for this. He said, I got to keep the same energy. I don't have time. He said, I don't have time for your schemes or whatever. He said, because what I need to do in my life, he said, the next thing, if I really need strength, and lastly, he said, I really need strength to finish strong. I want someone to say finish strong. Last part of this text, verse 9 says, they were only trying to intimidate us into quitting. They thought they'll give up. They'll never finish it. So I prayed, give me strength. Wanted to get there because there's some of you who are at the point that you're at imitation, uh, intimidation. And that's the only thing I'm through, Justin. That's the only thing that the enemy is trying to do is to intimidate you, to get you to back up. It's, it's the falsity of something that's not even real. But it's to intimidate you, to get you to the point where you think that the thing that's after you is stronger than what it really is. But I want you to someone say it's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. It's not even real. And that's why he said they thought that if they could intimidate us, that we would stop. They thought that if they could intimidate us, if they could keep talking, that we would finish. But instead of me entertaining them, I said, Lord, give me strength. I want to ask, is there anybody right now who is just saying, Lord, give me strength? That instead of entertaining the enemy, instead of entertaining the lies, instead of entertaining things that are trying to distract me, I started praying more. Instead of entertaining the lies, instead of entertaining the things that are trying to distract me from my purpose, I said, Lord, give me strength. Yesterday, and I'm through, yesterday, Miles and I uh, went to uh, the track meet at the University of Kentucky. Uh, and at some point while we were there, I noticed that um, I don't do track. I don't do anything athletic. <laughs> I pray. Uh, but when I was, while I was there at the track meet, praise the Lord, while I was at that track meet, um, I noticed that there were some people uh, who were in the beginning. I'm through dressing. They were in the beginning. They were at the first part of the race. But what I realized is that uh, over time, whoever was in the front uh, got passed up. By those people that were in second or in third, they, according to their positions. I don't know how to describe it eloquently. But they were in the front. But it seemed like the longer the race, eventually they got to the back. So eventually I asked Miles and I said to Miles, I said, Miles, I'm trying to understand. Why is it that those that are in the front seem to always get passed up? I'm trying to figure out why those, hold on, I'm trying to figure out why those that are in the front always seem to get passed up. I'm confused. And Miles being the prophet that he is, and Miles being the preacher that he is, and Miles being the anointed vessel of God that he is, Miles responded to me, and Miles said, Dah. he said, what's wrong is, he said, what happens is, he said, sometimes being in the front is the worst spot to be in. I said, Miles, why is being in front the worst spot to be in? He said, because some people know how to start well, but they don't know how to finish well. And I want to talk to some people right now in the room right now who you've known how to start well, but you don't know how to finish well. I'm trying to talk to some people that you have gone through different storms and gone through different tests and, and you were running and everybody saw you running and everybody saw you praying and everybody saw you fasting and somewhere in the mid stride and somewhere in mid COVID and somewhere in mid Omicron or Marion, whichever one it is, in the mid stride, all of a sudden you wanted to stop running and you wanted to stop fighting but I want to tell somebody keep on running look at somebody and say keep on running look at somebody else and say keep on running this is not the time to give up this is not the time to quit this is not the time to start and that's why I was reminded of what Miles said to me yesterday is that there are a whole lot of people who know how to start well but they don't know how to finish well and there are a lot of people that I want you to know you believed in your vision one time you believed in what God showed you one time but somewhere in there you stopped believing because you got attacked but I want to tell you according to Philippians the first chapter and verse 6 verse 6 says be confident of this very thing 
that he that has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want somebody to look at somebody else and say, God's going to complete the work. Whatever God told me to do, he's going to complete it. Whatever God put in me, he's going to complete it. Whatever God put in my hands, he's going to complete it. I'm going to complete my assignment. Somebody say, I'm going to complete my assignment. I'm going to complete my assignment. All I need is a little bit more strength. All I need is a little bit more strength. Because it's been difficult. And because it's been hard. But I'm going to complete my assignment. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to raise up for a second. Then I'll come back down. But I don't know if there's anybody else in the room right now who you've been on every hand and you've been fought on every stand and it seems like no matter what happens in your life it seems like the enemy is intensifying the fight but I want to tell somebody to hold on bold soldier high five somebody say hold on hold on high five somebody else and say hold on hold on tell them to hold on hold on I gotta hold on a little bit longer I know it seems like it's the time to give up but this is not the time to give up this is the time to hold on everybody throw your hands up in the air and get a grip and say I'm gonna hold on I'm gonna hold on I'm gonna hold on come on come on come on just hold on say I'm gonna I'm hold on I'm going to hold on, I'm going to hold on, I'm going to hold on. This is not the time. That's why Nehemiah said, I can't throw in the towel yet. I can't come down yet. I would like to come down. I would like to stop. I would like to stop. I would like to quit. Because it is hard. And it is difficult. And the roads are hard to climb. And it is hard. And it is difficult. But I can't stop right now. I can't quit right now. Before I quit, I'll do more. Before I stop, I'll do more. Before I stop worshiping, I'll say hallelujah loud. Before I throw in the towel, I will get louder. I got one more word, and I'm gonna get out of here because I need strength. Somebody say, I need strength. Somebody say, I need strength. I need strength because it's been difficult. I need strength because it's been hard. But I want to give you one more word. Can y'all handle one more word? Somebody say, give me one more word. I got one more word. And I'm going to get out of here. Isaiah 40th chapter and verse 33 with 31 says, For those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up upon wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I thought I had a Bible church. I got the wrong church. I'm going to say it one more time. Isaiah 40th chapter. Verse 31 says, But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I got to get my strength renewed. How's my strength going to be renewed? I got to wait on the Lord. How y'all get more strength? More strength is in the wait. Look at somebody and say, I get more strength. The longer I wait, the longer I wait, I get more strength. Tell somebody, wait on the Lord. The way renew their strength. What shall they do? They shall mount up upon wings like eagles. What that means is, he's going to take me higher than I've ever been before. Somebody lift your hands, say, take me higher. Take me where I've never been before. Well, they said they shall run and not be weary. What does that mean? It means I've been running for a long, long time. Matter of fact, February 2nd, 1980, Mario Rafa was born, and this Wednesday, I'm going to be 42 years old. What does that mean? I've been running for a mighty, mighty long time, but I got a word for you. I ain't tired yet. If you thought I was stopping, I ain't stopping yet. I can't come down because I got a work to do. Somebody say, I can't come down. They shall walk and not faint. Look at somebody say, he's going to give you more strength. Tell somebody, he's going to give you more strength. He's going to give you more strength. If you need more strength, he's going to give you more strength. Somebody say, I'm going to make it. Somebody holler out, I'm going to make it. I can't come down. I can't come down. I can't come down. I wish I could, but I can't. Because I got more work to do. Yeah. We used to sing the song over at Bracktown. We would say, I'm, keep on, I'm, I'm so busy working for my Jesus. I want somebody to say, I'm too busy 
working for Jesus. I'm too busy working on what he's got me to do. I can't stop yet. I can't entertain the enemy's lies. I can't entertain it. And I'm not talking about drama. I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. I can't entertain it because I got too much to do. I got too much on my life. Too much he's assigned me to do. Is anybody in the room that says I got too much he called me to do? It's just too much. Too much. And I can't stop. I can't stop. Everybody stand to your feet all over the building. However hard it was to hear, it's equally hard to live it out. It's easier for me to preach to you than it is for you to live it. I can preach it and do all this stuff and have this stuff we do to just encourage you, to get you believing and hoping again. But there's some of y'all right now, the Lord told me specifically that there's some of y'all who just want to give up and throw in the towel and say, I'm done. But I want to say to you that you're too close. You're too close to stop now. You're too close to give up. You're too close. That's too much God has placed inside of you. It's, you can't stop yet. Look at a few people. Just, just point to them and say, don't stop yet. Don't, don't, don't. Don't. You can't. Why? When you're so close. Why stop when you're so close? You're so close. I mean, you're so close you can't even see it. You're so close, if you could reach out and grab it, you would have it. You're so close. Don't, for those of you who are dealing with suicidal thoughts, you're so close to coming through this. Don't, don't, don't throw away your life. Don't throw away your life because you're dealing with something that you feel like you can't see past. You have to lift your hands sometimes and say, Lord, you are my strength. Strength like no other, you reach me. Father, reach me. Reach my heart. Reach my mind. Reach my soul. Reach my heart. Reach my mind. Reach my life. Reach my past, Lord. You are my strength. You're my strength. Everybody lift your hands all over the room. Say, Lord, you're my strength. Father, there are people in this room. I tried to do the best I could. Yes, I did. But Lord, everybody in this room, there are people who need strength beyond anything that I can articulate, anything that I can ad adequately explain. There's so much that, that people are going through and are dealing with and suffering with. There's, if we had time to explain and time to really go through all the different levels of uh, test and storm, it would be too much. But Father, right now, what I know is you are the God of my much. You are the God of our storm. You are the God of, that reaches us. Father, reach your people. Father, reach your people. Reach their homes, those who are streaming right now, those who are watching. Reach that house. Reach that living room. Reach that car. Reach that break room. Father, reach that, that bathroom, wherever they're at right now. Reach strength. Uh, strength. Strength to them strength to keep building strength to keep fighting strength to keep enduring to not come down because they've got so much to do do it for your glory do it for your honor in jesus name thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry now this connection doesn't have to end here Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.